Okay, let's get started with Parshas Pinchas, Tavshin Ayin Hey, as we get into the next section, the first of the Parshios, as we know here, the Yemei Yamim called the Bein HaMetzarim, between Shavasa Batamas and Tishabav Pinchas, Matos Mase, and then we will have, of course, Dvarim Chazon. So Pinchas, we think about the name Pinchas, there are a number of Parshios that we know are named after people. And the question asked the Lubavitcher Rebbe is that usually a title captures the essence of the entire Parsha. We could say this title is Noach, it's Noach's throughout. And Korach is a, a major part of Korach. Pinchas is the first couple of Psukim, and that's it. Really, Pinchas, we could have called last week's Parsha Pinchas. Right at the end, that's where his action is really last week. And yet, we call this Parsha Pinchas. Is there anything about the name Pinchas, or is there anything parallel between what Pinchas did and the rest of the Parsha? What is in the rest of the Parsha? If we think about Pinchas, we have the schar of what Pinchas did. Right, We have the Misa that Pinchas did last week. Unbelievable chilek distinction that the Torah makes between having the Misa separate from the reaction, as if the Akadosh Baruch Hu wants to emphasize and to highlight what he did for Pinchas, not just Pinchas' action. That's last week. We don't even focus on that, because that's mostly Balak and Bilam last week. And we get in under the rug what, what uh, Pinchas did. But here we start off with saying, Hashem says, I'm going to give this to Pinchas. Okay, that's the first part of the parasha. But then we have the counting. The next counting, Chumash Pekutim, as we know so many times, B'nai Yisrael are counted, Midbar, and here's again, Pinchas. Uh, that's a major, quantitatively large portion of the Parsha. Then we have Benot Slavchad, introduced to them for the first time. Well, they'll come back again. But Benot Slavchad come, they want a portion of Eretz Yisrael, and Halachas of Yerusha are given over to uh, Moshe Rabbeinu and Techal Yisrael, Bishchus, the Benot Slavchad. And then we continue, Yeshua Benun comes onto the scene, and Fayichamishi, to the end, of course, we have Karbanos. We have the Karbanos Musuf, the Parshas HaMoadim, number two. There are three major Parshas HaMoadim, we know, in the Torah. There are, Moadim are mentioned in short in other Parshios, even in Mishpatim, but the three major Parshios are Emar, Pinchas, and Re'eh. Emar focusing on the Maisa HaMitzvos, Pinchas focusing on the Karbanos Musuf, and Re'eh focusing on Ali Laregel and, and a couple of some other, some other issues in Kala Bachar. So these are the, that's, this is the parts of Pinchas. The question again is asked, what is Pinchas? What does the name Pinchas have to do with the rest of the Parsha? Says the Lubavitcher Rebbe in source number one. Surely the name of the Parsha should reflect the entire content of a Parsha, not just its beginning. Furthermore, again, names of Parshios. It's a Kasha that we could ask, but it's not going to be a question of Chazal. Because Chazal didn't really have names of Parshios, right? They had, they called them, but really, like even the, what we call the Svarim are different, right? Vayikra is, it's, uh, Torah's Kohanim. And Bamidbar, we call it Bamidbar. We call it Parshas Bamidbar, but it's really Chumash Apakudim. And we call it Dvarim, even though it's really Mishnah Torah, right? So we call it different names, but either, either way, Lamaisa, uh, B'nai Yisrael called this Parsha Pinchas, so we can still ask the question of how does Pinchas capture the entire a message of the Parsha, and we could also ask, he says, furthermore on line 7, what is the connection between Parsha's Pinchas and the time of the year when it is read? It is always the first of the, generally, the first of the three Parshios before Tishabav, the Shalosha de Puranusa, as we read the, the three Haftoras of Puranus before we have the seven of Nechama, says the Lubavitch Rebbe, so what is the connection between Pinchas and the message of Pinchas and this time of year? Says... Lubavitcher Rebbe, line 12. Our sages taught us, we know, and Rebbe Hashem will get back to this a little later also, Pinchas, there's a connection between Pinchas and Elio Anavi. Whatever that means, Kabbalistically, personality-wise, there was a parallel between them. He was a Kanoi, he was a Kanoi, the prophet who announces the true and complete redemption. There's a connection. It is thus not surprising that with his righteous indignation and passionate vengeance, Pinchas achieved a somewhat messianic transformation for the Jewish people of his time. What did Pinchas do? He brought about a transformation amongst Klai Yisrael. He brought about, there was a terrible plague. Bilam had succeeded. The znus that he had, he had brought about. He didn't get to curse us, but he caused us to sin. So he brought it from a level of, of spiritual deprivation to divine satisfaction. Kodesh Baruch was happy. Hashem says, Baruch Hashem. Right, this is uh, a change 
a, a uh, total difference in state, pre and post. Kaddish Baruch Hu loves us now. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is connected to us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to continue with us, continue the march as we are now in the 40th year. If you remember, we started the 40th year in the middle of Parshas uh, Chukas. So says the Ramir, when Miriam died, says the Lubavitch Rebbe, that's the connection. Divine satisfaction. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that he's happy with, with what Pinchas did. Right, what does he say? But Kanoas kinasi besocham. He did something for Hashem. Hashem has satisfaction. So this is reflected in the rest of the parsha. Hashem counts us when He has nachas from us, so to speak. We give Hashem nachas. That's our goal in life, to give Hashem nachas. What is nachas? Spiritual satisfaction. We should fulfill what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu counts us. We know it's a sign of love. The first Rashi in the whole Sefer, Sefer by Midbar, says, Hashem loves us. So that is the next parsha, right after Pinchas, Hashem counts us, which has to do with His love for us. The state that was reached after Pinchas did what He did. And we continue then with... Yerushas Eretz Yisrael. Bnei Slavchad coming. The, the bringing Bnei Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael is the ultimate act of love HaKadosh Baruch Hu does for us because He brings us into the land of our destiny. The land that we're supposed to be. The land that we're going to be with Hashem for eternity. The permanent inheritance of the land of Israel via divinely inspired lottery. And the last half of the Parsha, second half of the Parsha, the Karbanus Tamid and the Musafin. The Karbatamid was significant, was representative. Right, we know one of the tragedies that happened this time of year, the Mishnahis at the end of Tainus, the Karbatamid stopped. Why was that so tragic? Because that was the Karban, day in, day out. That was the one that personified and symbolized the entire Avoda of the Beis HaMikdash. Right, we have a Meseches Tamid. Right, Tamid, we go through the entire Avoda. So the theme of our parsha says the Lubavitch is thus the transformation of the Jewish people from spiritual deprivation to virtuousness. And we've reached the level that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has nachas from us. What greater goal is there at this time of year than to have that dream and to have that aspiration, to try to return to the level of love that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had for us and to earn it. And in that way, Bizocha. To get the base Hamikdash back, that's what we—that's what the goal is. For reading this parsha empowers us to transform these three bleak weeks of Jewish history into days of feasting and rejoicing with the true and complete Geula. As the Rambam says, right? These days and the Navi promises, these days will change into you may simcha and you may Geula, and we'll really appreciate what it means that Tishbav is a moed. We won't just skip Tachnun. Well, we'll have a lot more to celebrate on than the fact that Tishbav is a is a moed, and that's what we focus on at this time of year, so Pinchas, and what he brought, and the level that he brought Klal Yisrael to, from the lowliness to on high, may bira amikta, le'igra rama, that's exactly what uh, we yearn for, even, even Bizman Hazeh. Okay, that gets us started. Now let us continue. Let's focus on the second Pasuk of the Parsha. Hashem says to Moshe, Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron HaKohen, Pinchas, we've spoken in the past about the little Yud. Pinchas ben Elazar ben Arakon, Eshivas Chamasim Yabane Yisrael. He removed my anger from Am Yisrael. Bekano as Kinasi Besocham. He was jealous for me, where I was jealous. He was jealous. He stood up and he acted on my behalf. Velochilisi as Bene Yisrael Bekinasi. And I did not destroy Bene Yisrael in my jealousy, in my anger. Right, Kel Kane, right, it says elsewhere. Shem is a jealous God, so to speak. So Pinchas did this, and therefore, what does the Pasik say in the next Pasik? Lachain Emar, therefore, because Pinchas did what he did, I'm gonna reward him. And he knows in low as Shalom, I'm gonna give him the bris of, of Shalom. Ask the stipler, why do we need both halves of Pasik Yud Aleph? The Pasik says that Pinchas stood up and was Makadeh Shem Shamayim. Right, he did it, he Hashem was angry and he calmed and, and put out the fire, so to speak. And the Pasuk adds, and he also saved Chal Yisrael. What do we need the second half of the Pasuk for? What? Part one wouldn't have been good enough for a schar? 
part one, getting rewarded bris kunas olam, wouldn't it have been good enough by just help uh, being a makadi shem shemayim? If he would have just killed Zimri and Kuzbi in the front, they would be terrible chil Hashem. He goes, he takes care of business. That's already enough for a kiddush Hashem. That's already enough for schar. Why does the pasuk have to add? And then the Pazik says, What do we need the second half? Ask the stipend. That's the question. Line number four in the Birchas Parrots. Right, he's named the Sefer after his parents. Birchas Parrots. That's the, uh, if you look in the Hagdama. You're right. Even if the act of Pinchas wouldn't also have saved Klal Yisrael. If there hadn't been a plague going on at that moment, and he wouldn't have saved Klal Yisrael, he just would have been It would have been amazing. Even just that. That's true. Shahari Bosam Isa Zimriya Yahil Hashem Nora. There was a terrible Khil Hashem. Vayom. Shin Nasim Yisrael Yasahanavala Zosbafarasir. Man imagine one of the major Jewish leaders of the time. One of the twelve people that Kla Yisrael looked up to. They did a such a terrible thing. Bemazid, Bifarhesya in front of everybody. Even worse than Rahmanul Islan, you know, somebody something something in private done that was found out. This is in public, Lahachis. In front of everybody, trying to disprove Moshe Rabbeinu. Terrible Chil Hashem. And what does Pinchas do? He takes care of business. So of course, that is worthy of reward. Where it's underlined, V'nimsa, She'pinchas kidei shem shemayim berabim, She'schuso gadol v'norah ma'od, V'ein shir l'matan scharu. There's no shir, there's no, they can't imagine the schar. So again, V'tzarech bir, Lama pirate akasev, Rakez ha'schuzeh, She'de kinaso heishev chama Yisrael. And save Kla Yisrael. Again, reiterating the question. So he says it's based on a Gemara. The Gemara in Kiddushin on Daf Mem. It's the, what we say every morning. Eludvarim. Eludvarim sha'adam ocho peiroseim ba'olam hazeh v'hakaren kayemes lo lo'olam haba. So we say it every morning. We say the Mishnah in the beginning of Maseches Peah and the expanded upon, expanded upon Brisa. So the Brisa says, right, the Mishnah is the first line, but then we add on the Brisa from Mesecha Shabbos. What, what are listed there? We have, all the lists that we have there. What's the common denominator between all of these? Why do specifically these mitzvos have both Olam Azeh and Olam Abba? There's a lot of mitzvos out there. Lots of mitzvos. Most mitzvos, the schar is in Olam Haba. That's why, right, as we've explained in the past, we've quoted Rishonim, that is why the Torah doesn't really say any, describe any schar for mitzvos. The Torah doesn't describe Olam Haba because we can't fathom it. We can't even fathom the schar for any mitzvah, any one mitzvah. So the Torah is not going to say it because it's beyond, beyond our capabilities. But these, all of a sudden, these on this list, both. Olam and Olam Haba. Why? What do these have in common with each other? Says the stipler. And the Gemara asks, what about Shiluah Hakan? That's also a pretty nice mitzvah. Right? Where it says, Arichas Yamim. And Rava explains based on a Pasik. Amar Rava, he quotes the Gemara. Rabbi Lazar Azbrali. Ksiv imrut tzadik kitov kipri ma'alalehem yochelu. Say to a tzadik that he is good, kipri ma'alehem yochelu, he will eat the fruits of his labor. Ask the Gemara, v'chiyesh tzadik tov et tzadik she'eno tov. What do you mean? There are good tzadikim and not good tzadikim? Ella, says the Gemara, tov la'shamayim v'labrios, zeo tzadik tov. If you act in a way that gives HaKadosh Baruch Hu Nachas and is good for fellow people, that's a tzaddik tov. Pirish, Shiluach HaKan, is only tov l'shamayim. Not bein adam l'makam bein adam l'chavero. Not exactly. It's giving benefit. Being mahane. So all mitzvahs are generally mahane Hashem. But is it also mahane people? That's 
Karen Kayemes Olam and he Ochal Perusim Olam Azev, Karen Kayemes Olam Abba. When it comes to Shiloh HaKan, we don't get benefit. Only what it call, the Gemara calls it Sadik Tov. That's all the items on the list. Even Talmud Torah. He quotes this. Rav Chaim also writes this. Uh, Rebel Chanan writes this in one of his Mamarim. Even Talmud Torah is considered Tov Labrios as well as Tov Lashamayim. Tov Lashamayim, obviously, it's the midst of Talmud Torah. But even Tov Labrios, why? Because learning Torah keeps the world going. And if the Torah would, nobody would be learning Torah, the world would cease to exist, even for a second. So learning Torah is also uh, a form of chesed, so to speak. It doesn't pater me from doing real chesed. But even Talmud Torah, he writes in brackets, Mikri Tov Labrios. But if this is true, then we understand why HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave Pinchas a schar in Olam Hazeh. He gave him a brisk Nas Olam. You would think on the surface, but Kanoa's Kinasi, he stopped the Chil Hashem. He was he did something to go for a Kadosh Baruch Hu. Kikine Kinas Hashem Yisparach, the Kidei Shem Shemayim, Mosiris Nefesh. But he didn't do something that was Tov Labrios per se. He killed. He, he does the opposite. He killed a Nasi. That's why the pasuk adds. The Pasuk adds, not just, but also, that's why, next Pasuk, because it has both of these elements, that is why I'm giving him a Brisi Shalom, even in this world, he will get both, why? Again, it repeats it, at the end of Pasuk Yud Gimel, number one, Number two. Two elements before, that's the reason, and two elements afterwards. The stifler ends off, Mikivan Sha'al Yedei Kinazu, Hitzel is Klal Yisrael, Imkain Ein Lechatov Lebrios Gadol Mizeh, Shehetev Lechal Yisrael, Hatzil and Mikilyon, and that's why he gets the schar in Olam Abba as well as in Olam Hazeh. Okay. Moving right along. The next passage that we just mentioned. So he gets a Brisi Shalom. And he gets He gets kahuna. Chazal explained to us why wasn't he automatically a kohen? Because Hashem promised it to Aaron. He was already born. He lost it on both sides. So because he was makana for Hashem by Yechaper al bnei Yisrael. There is a drush quoted by the bnei Yisachar. Source number three he quotes the Igret de Pirka, right? One of the sarim uh, of the bnei Yisachar. We heard this from the Reb Shlomo Mikarlin. As follows, a medrash that we don't have. There are various midrashim and sources. There's a Pirkei Derbalazar about this as well. That Elio and Avi has to come to every bris. Why? Why is Elio coming to every bris? What exactly was the conversation between Hakadosh Baruch Hu and Elio? Elio, we want the Pirkei Derbalazar says Elio got upset and said to Hashem that Bnei Yisrael aren't uh, serious about their mitzvot. Hashem says you want you want to see if they're serious. You're going to go to every bris. You're going to see that they're pretty serious about this. Uh, so this is another conversation that took place. Hakadosh Baruch Hu says Elio that he has to come to every bris mila. Ta'an Elio zachur latov. Elio says to Hashem, Hashem, I know my personality. I know what type I am. You know I'm a kanoi. That's why you're forcing me to go to every bris. If anybody has to talk about it at a bris this, this week, here's a message. Right, there's another family one coming up a little bit later, but uh, here's one. So, Elionavi says, if the Baal Bris is, is not perfect, which none of us are perfect, but if the Baal Bris is not perfect, I'm going to get very upset. I'm not going to be able to stand it. Kadesh Baruch Hu says, don't worry, I prom- who's the Baal Bris? The Baal Bris is the father. I promise you, I'll give him kapara. I'll give him a clean face. He won't be a Balavera. He'll be perfect. Right? A Baal Bris gets, kap- gets kapara. Says Maybe the mole is not going to be perfect. Maybe the mole will have some stains on his neshama. Okay, the mole too. What about somebody in the crowd? What about a friend? What about, if somebody's there, I'm not going to be able to take it, Eliyahu says. Hashem says, fine, I'm going to give kapara to anybody who goes to a bris. That, by the way, is 
why it's so important to go to a bris. There might be a dindaraisa to a suda's bris. That's why we don't invite to a bris. We just let people know about a bris because we don't want people to reject an invitation. That is what we do. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, HaShavtich HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Shiyachaper L'chol HaKol. Says the Bnei Yisachar, says the Bnei Yisachar, maybe that's a deeper idea behind this Pasuk. Maybe it's a deeper idea if you read it. Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron HaKol. We know Pinchas was Elio. On a deeper sense. Tachas asher kinei lelokav. What does that Pazak say? Because he was a kanai, vayachapra al b'nei Yisrael. That's why, because of this argument, he brings kapara to all of Klai Yisrael. When? When Elio and Navi goes to the bris. Aydeze garam kapara lechol b'nei Yisrael, hanimsoim bebrisvila. That is a Hasidic way of reading a Pazak. Vayachaper al b'nei Yisrael, because of the kano, es, es kinasi. Rav Shlomo Zalman writes, he writes in the, the uh, Ha'ara here, this is unbelievable. Yom Kippur only works with tshuva. Right here is automatic. I go to a bris. I didn't even do any tshuva. Boom. I have a, I have a clean slate. So Verot Salavayer says to Shlomo Zalman, Fimashakasav, he quotes out the Sfarim, Shel Yoa Navi, Eno Yochal Lispo, Sirkon Shechotim Uposhim. Kadesh Baruch says, he will remove it. And we might not fully understand it, how it works. Vavdar Vezech Chashuv Ma'od, Vashim Mishim Anatzalzos, you gotta, you gotta continue it. Hashem's gonna make you clean, says there's Lama Zalman. If I just go back to where I was, I'm just gonna go back to where I am. But there is a, some special zechus and segula of being at a bris milah, of being at, at a, at a uh, su'udas bris milah as well, but this is at the bris. So that is uh, why we should always be, be careful about it. Once we're on the topic of bris milah and Eliyahu, I've mentioned in the past the tshuva of the Chassam Sofer in the, in the last volume of the Chassam Sofer. Fascinating tshuva where he discusses, based on the Gemara in Erevin, about tchum for Eliyahu Navi coming on a Shabbos. He deals with the issue of, so why don't we see Eliyahu? Why do we sometimes see Eliyahu? We read Gemaras in Shas where Tanoim had conversations with Eliyahu. They met him in the marketplace. Right, the Gemara in, in Mesechas Tainis when Elio Navi told one of some of the Amorim, oh, he's a, he's a Ben Olam Haba, and Elio Navi meets uh, Rabbi Yossi and tells him this is what you should do in the, in the Chorva. Right, so, so he talks, but none of us have seen him. But there have been Giluye Elio throughout history. So what exactly are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to understand this idea of Elio Navi? And let's add, how could he be at many Britot or many Seders, right, at the Pesach, at the same time. Right? How is that possible? He's one person. So, obviously, there's something uh, deeper going on here. Says the Chassam Sofer, source number four. Avala emes yore darko. Kimi olam lo Allah elio begufo lamala miyud tfachim. Elioanavi's guf. As we know, Elioanavi never died. He went up in a chariot of fire. A number of people throughout history, their death is not recorded. Chanoch was the first. Right, Eliyahu Navi as well. But what happened to him? What happened to him? His guf didn't go up to Shemayim. Shemayim isn't a place of gufim. So what went up? His neshama went up. Ach nifrida nishmaso migufo. Sham. At that ten tefach gvul, his guf and his neshama separated. And his neshama went up. And when in the world of Malachim, like all of our neshamas go up every night, and after 120, they all go up and they're in the spiritual world. But usually, all of our gufim aren't going anywhere after 120 years. They're where they are. But Elion Avi didn't die. His guf is still in existence. V'gufo nisdakek v'shore began eden hatachton ba'olam hazeh. Rov Rishonim Asun Gan Edim is a physical place in Olam somewhere in this world, says the Chassam Sofer. That's where Elio Navi's guf is. It's in Gan Eden. And it comes out every so often when needed. When needed. And when Mashiach comes, the day before Mashiach comes, his neshama will go into his guf. And he will be from amongst the Chachamim and the Nevi'im. And that's how Smicha will continue. Right? Aye, we don't have Ishbibi, Ishbibi, Moshe Rabbeinu. We do. Eliyahu Navi is going to come. And he's going to continue the chain. His body will have already, again, 
his neshama. But says the Chacham Sofer, that's what happens every time he appears in Shas. Or sometimes we have stories throughout our history of people seeing Elio Anavi in some shape or form. But when he comes to a brismila, he does it without his body. When he comes to a seder, he does it without his body. Neshamas are able to bre- able to break rules. Neshamas can be at different places at the same time. They're not subject to. They're not within bound by time. So they can come to a lot of sederim. They can come to a lot of britot. But when he's and this is where he got into it with the Gemara about how Eliyahu could come to a bris on Shabbos if he's coming from outside the Tchum his, his neshama is coming to a bris his neshama is the subject of mitzvos right the Gemara says the end of Ksubis Mesim are free from mitzvos when he's in his neshama form, we can't learn halacha from him. He is not uh, in this world, and and uh, And that is why says Chassam Sofer. There's a difference between how he appears in by a bris, by a seder, and we don't have to, you know, uh, bang the table to spill to tell our kids that Elio Navi was here. No, he's not. You could just say his neshama comes to every seder. And neshamas don't need wine. We fill it up as a covet for him. But not that he's actually gonna, going to uh, drink it and they're not going to see. Even maybe it will ruin some of the fun. We want them to open the door and have a feel of excitement. But either way, one has to have a, a balance of excitement and, and emes. Either way, this is the chasam sofer, expanding upon the thought of the Igrit de Pirka, the thought of the Bnei Yisos. Okay. Next thought. We mentioned this four or five years ago, but it's going to make a reappearance. Reappearance here in Parshas Pinchas. Again, it's a very, any simcha that uh, one has, this is an, uh, uh, something that could be used. If we have the counting, question of the Azayin Latar of Sarotskin, we have the counting here in the second aliyah of the Parsha. We have something unique about this counting that was not in the previous counting, in the beginning of Sefer by Midbar. We have, just read Shani. Reuven Bechar Yisrael, B'nei Reuven Achanoch, Mishpachas Achanochi, L'falu Mishpachas Apalui, L'falu Mishpachas Achetzroni. So we have all of the families listed. We discussed in past years the Yud and the Hey, Shem Hashem. As the Zion Torah, why all of a sudden do we have families listed in this counting what we didn't have in the earlier counting? Beginning by Midbar, we, weren't, we didn't break it up by families. We broke it up by Shvatim. Broke it up by major, major families, not each one. Right? Reuven, you go everyone. Chanoch, Paluch, Hasron, Mishpachat, Mishpacha, Mishpacha. Why the family? What is that, what is that the focus? What is that teaching us in this regard? Says the Zayim Torah. HaTorah, source number five. Ba'amra lo tov heyos adam levado. The Torah by declaring, at the beginning of the Torah, the goal of life is not to be alone. Lo tov heyos adam levado. The whole creation, Hashem says, v'hinei tov ma'od. Everything's good, but this is not tov. It's not good for a person to be alone. The ultimate goal is to get married. Limda osanu levakeres chayeh ha-mishpacha al chayeh ha-bedidus. The goal of life is to have a family. The goal of life is not to uh, be, have a spodidus on a mountaintop and live by oneself. That's not the goal. Ki milvan ha-simcha Besides the, the happiness and the benefits that one gets within family life, it's also an educational building area to give love to others. Naturally, we love our blood relatives. We love our parents. Ishto ubanav vishar krovav. That's natural. And then we learn to love our spouse, right? We, we, we're not blood relative to, but that's the next one that we learn to. And then through that, we learn to love others. Umishanech zu ayidei avazu leahov gamas yididav umakirav eskal haadam. And the love goes fo- goes forth and shoots out. It starts in the nucleus of the family and then shoots out. The family, though, is the place where it must start. 
Right? Chesed starts in the home. Ukshahayu b'nei Yisrael b'midbar. But let's think about it. It says Rav Saratskin. There was no need for really for family units before this moment in time when they were about to go into Eretz Yisrael. When they lived in the Midbar, there was what we might call a kibbutz existence. It was everybody all together. There was Ananayakavid uh, surrounding, and there was water, and there was food. There were no personal family needs that people had. We were all one big happy family. There's even a line in Masechah Sukkah that call Yisrael a Roy to sit in one Sukkah. The Shvatim were different, yes. But the families within each Shevet weren't. Lefichach, says Rav Saratskin, when they were earlier counted, when they were counted at the beginning of Amidbar, just at that stage. But now, as they stand about to go into Eretz Yisrael, when they're about to split up, they're going to go into Eretz Yisrael and split up the land into portions of Shvatim, and within those Shvatim, to split up into families. And now each family is going to have to earn a living and support their family and focus on their family and personal needs. So now families are important because that's the goal of life, the family structure. Right? All three Nisim were about to stop. Ramas Hashem Lahem Hashem says and hints to them. He counted them according to each family. The family unit, the family structure is so defining and so basic in Klai Yisrael. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu split us up here at this second counting of the Sefer in order to be able to teach us that this is what, this is what Judaism is about. It starts with the family structure. We mentioned many times the uh, thought of Hak, the message of Hakel. You go with the family. Go with the family even though it might be more spiritual existence if I go myself. I'm going to go with my wife and kids. To the, uh, and have to worry about them and, uh, the bring all, bring all the, the stuff for the kids and the strollers and the this and that, everything and, uh, the grandchildren. You know, it's gonna be, uh, somewhat of a balagan. Let hakea, let all the men go. It's a much more spiritual ex- experience. The answer is, but that's not the goal of life. The goal of life is not to get personal spiritual experiences. The goal of life is to bring my family along with me. Along with the mother and the father. The children come along. The family existence is the goal of life. And that's what Hashem tells us by counting each of the Shvatim, by, not only by Shevet, but also by family. Where the Aruch HaShulchan says this as well, the beginning of Eben Ezer, right, we know that Eben Ezer starts off, the first mitzvah, the first sim, and Eben Ezer discusses the mitzvah Puravu. Says the Aruch HaShulchan, source number six, Kishabar HaKadosh Baruch Hu HaLamo, Adam when Hashem created man, Ksiv, what does he tell them right away? First mitzvah we get. Mitzvah number one in the Torah, in the Sefer HaChinuch. Pruvu, populate. After the Mabul, right? Creation of the world, take two. World was destroyed, let's start again. What does Hashem do? Again repeats it. Because that's what Hashem wants. Right? There was a restart on the world, so you got to give the first mitzvah again. That's what Hashem is interested in. And then, those two are well known, but then the Aruch HaShulchan has one more. When B'nai Yisrael went into Bavel, when they went into Galus, Shalach Lemanavi Yirmiyo tells them, Keep having kids. Keep populating the world. Klomar. Al Tomru don't say. Kivan Shanachnu Begalus Lamalonalaharbos. Right Zera, why should we be Marbe? Ella Atem Muchuyavimla Sosa Mitzvah Kachola Shatsivanu Hashem Alokenu Vashem Yasabanu Kirtsono. 
We have to still have children. We still have to build families, even when we went into Galus. Every stage of Am Yisrael's history, Kadesh Baruch Hu gave this to us because we need to have this family structure, spouses and children. Those are the building blocks of Am Yisrael. Okay, so we spoke about Pinchas, we spoke about the countings. Now let's move on. What's the next section? In the Torah, as we know here, Perachavav, we have the Benos Lafchad towards the end, by Shlishi now, Benos Lafchad, as part of Yerusha Eretz Yisrael. It's part of Yerusha Eretz Yisrael. Says the Pasuk in Pasuk Nun Beis. To these people, Give split up the land. Benachala, b'mispar sheimos. La rav tar benachala sov. La matam inachala sov. Give a lot to them, a little to them. Ish lefifu gudav yutanachala sov. Vechulu. How exactly was the nachla split? Halachically, we discussed that in past years. We're not going to get back into that again. Somewhat complicated. Rashi, Ramban, based on a Gemara in Mesechas Basra. How exactly it was calculated? It was some type of combination and figuring out based on the people now, along with the Yotzei Mitzrayim. It was some type of combination between the Nichnasei La'aretz, the, uh, the ones who went into Eretz Yisrael, and the ones who went out of Mitzrayim. It was a little of both. A little of both, without getting into exactly how it worked. You calculate how many children are there now, and then you go back and you split it based on the earlier families. But there was some... Both ingredients were used. Both the idea of Yotze Mitzrayim and both the idea of Ba'i Ha'aretz. You see that? Gemara, source number 7, beginning of the Nesiva Shalom. He quotes the Bo's. Gemara Ba'a Basra. Nechleku Rab Yoshi of Rab Yonasan im liyotze Mitzrayim nischalka ha'aretz i'o libai ha'aretz. Gemara in in the uh, second half of Mesechah Ba'a Basra. Says the Nesiva Shalom in his classic style, maybe we can learn something al derech remez from both of these both of these opinions. Both of these opinions, both from the Yotze Mitzrayim and the Bo'i Ha'aretz. V'yesh lo'mar machlokosam al derech ha'avotah. Tehine, ba'avotas Hashem yish beis chalakim. As we know, in avotas Hashem, there are two elements that we always have to be focused on. Sur meirah va'asei tov. Removing the problems, removing the spiritual dirt, and adding on more. Asei tov. Some mitzvos inherently have both of them. Brismila, the Beis HaLevi writes, has both Sur Meirah and Asetov, but most mitzvos have one or the other. Sur Meirah, one could say many Los Aseis have the Sur Meirah, and many Aseis have the Asetov. Says the Nesiva Shalom, Yotzei Mitzrayim hu inyan Sur Meirah. The message of Yotzei Mitzrayim, right, get out of your Mitzrayim, get out of your borders, get out of your, what's holding you back. That's an element of a bechina of sur meirah. Leheichaletz v'latzeitz miklipas mitzrayim. Boy haaretz who inyan asetov. That's an inyan of the adding on goodly. Kanitz al aretz Hashem al kechad areshosa. V'yim kishlemus avodas Hashem hi ayidei beisu inyanim keechad. And even though you need both, the machlokas here is what was the what 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 is the ikker that you need to focus on? Nechluku mahu ikker avodas Hashem. What should be the focus, even though you have to really do both? So how do you yarshin the aretz? Do you focus on the sur meirah? Do you focus on the asetov? Do you focus on the yotzei mitzrayim? Do you focus on the ba'ei, the ba'ei ha'aretz? And then he continues beautifully and says, maybe this is even, when they went in, we know there were 14 years before everything was settled down. What are those years called? V'zegam inyin shtea madrego shematzina b'yirushas ha'aretz. Sheva shekivshu v'sheva shechilku. Seven years conquering the kings conquering the Ovdi Avodah Zarah, and then seven years settling, splitting up amongst Am Yisrael. Again, seven years of kibush, symbolizing the Sur Meirah, to try to overcome, to try to push back, to try to have the Sur, the Sur Meirah. And finally, the Sheva Shechilku, which symbolizes the next step, of the of the Asetov. And then he says, you need both. 
Line 22. Even if you say, according to that opinion, Even if you say, you have to have prior to that the Sur Meirah. Even if you say that the emphasis is the is the asay is the asitov. That's one idea he has regarding liyotzi mitzrayim or lebae haaretz. Number one. Number two. But then he has a second idea. Second idea. What's symbolized by yotzi mitzrayim and bae haaretz? Yotzi mitzrayim says in the Shalom in the second column. Yotzi mitzrayim, as we know, were the dardeya. They were the door that saw the unbelievable Nisim, saw more miracles than any other nation, any other generation of Am Yisrael, like the Ramban writes in the end of Parshas Bo, the most miraculous time period in history was Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, that's why there are so many mitzvahs that are Zechel Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. So says the Nesiva Shalom, the Dor Yotzi Mitzrayim was the Dor Deya, Me'olam Loha Yadar Kazeola Olam Loiya Od, the ones that witnessed Maimon Harsinai, Kriyas Yamsuf, we can fathom the Mun, when the Yerman originally started, that was the Dor Yotzei Mitzrayim. What about the Dor Boy Haaretz? They didn't see those, or they saw Nisim, they saw Mun, they saw what, what they were used to, but not on the same level. And the Dor Boy Haaretz weren't, it wasn't going to last. They were about to go in and lose the miracles. They didn't get to the level of the Dordea. They didn't get to that level, right? They are uh, on a on a lower level. Obviously, they're on a high level, but they're not on that level. And that's why he even says, quotes the Svarno, "Levar hadem minyan arishon shal yotzi mitzrayim ksiv lemishpachosam lemishpachosam lavesavosam bemispar shemos." And here it just says lemishpachosam ki inyan mispar shemos uloshin chashibus vigdula. Right? They were more. Right? They were more chashibus vigdula by the yotzi mitzrayim. But the Dar Boy Haaretz had one thing that the Dar Deya didn't have. And that's the Amelus. That's the earning it. Am Yisrael really didn't earn it when they came out of Mitzrayim. Right, we know we didn't, we weren't even, why did we get redeemed? Because the promise to Avram Avinu. And Hashem didn't want us to lose it. What did we do? Okay, Shaloshinu, four things. But really, we had no mitzvahs. Hashem gave us a couple of mitzvahs to give us some zechuyos, Mila and Karban Pesach. But really, we didn't deserve it. But we worked, but that was the Dordea. They got it. But the Dor, boy, Haaretz, they had to work for it. They had to work for it. They had to uh, uh, inculcate and make sure that they had the love of Eretz Yisrael as they went into it. What the previous generation didn't have. Right? The working and the Amelos, and once they went into Eretz Yisrael, obviously, seven years of fighting. You would think, what did Am Yisrael feel? We made it. We finally made it. After the whole... Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, 40 years in the desert, Baruch Hashem, we're here. And then they had to fight wars for seven years. It's hard work. Eretz Yisrael, Nicholas B. Surin. Right? It's hard work. So, says the Nesiva Shalom, each one of these Doros had some element of Adifus. Right? On the one hand, they had the Dordea, reached highest levels, Dorboya Aretz, right? That they, they worked for it to earn it. So maybe that's scoop for the Machlokas. Right, was the, was the Aretz, was Gan Eden Ischalka, Leboi Haaretz, or was it Ischalik Leotim Mitzrayim? And again, it's somewhat of a combination between the two, meaning goals and the means, the process as well. Both of those are, both of those are crucial. Two ideas of the Nesiva Shalom, Alderach Remez. What's the Machlokas about between Rabbi Yoshia and Rabbi Yonasan on a deeper, on a deeper level? Vaiter. Perech of Zayin. Next parak after it's the split up is uh, the rules were given. We have Beno Slavchad. Vatigravna Beno Slavchad, Ben Hefer, Ben Gilad, Ben Machir, Ben Menashe. Could be one of the most, um, fo- the, the, the Pasuk that gives us the most lineage. Right, most of the time, so, so much lineage is not given. And if it is given, if you have more than a father given, Chazal usually pick up on it, as they do at the beginning of the parsha. Pinchas, Ben Elazar, Ben Aaron Akoin. Right? Why do we give our own? Because, right? Because uh, what Chazal say that the Torah wants to be miyachis by Aaron. See here too. But not Slavchad, Ben Chayfer, Ben Gila, Ben Machir, Ben Menashe. Lubishchaz Menashe, Ben Yosef. Yosef's thrown in there, and the five and the five daughters. Says Rashi. Says Rashi. Why do we go all the way back to Yosef? 
You went back far enough. To teach me Yosef Yosef loved Eretz Yisrael Shenemar You know why it goes back to Yosef? Because they're copying their Zayda, their Alta Alta Zayda's behavior. Yosef loved Eretz Yisrael, don't bury me here. And Beno Slav loved Eretz Yisrael. We want a portion. Shenemar Okay, and they continue. So ask the ask the Shemanatov. Actually, the Shemanatov quotes the wife of the Sfas Emes, right? Who asked her son the Imre Emes when he was a young child the following question, testing him. Well, did she know the answer? Unclear. How does Rashi know? That the fact that they asked this question, the fact that they asked Moshe, it's not fair, what do we do? We want a portion of Eretz Yisrael. How do we know that it was because they loved Eretz Yisrael? Maybe it was because they wanted a piece of land. Who said they loved Eretz Yisrael? They just wanted a portion. They wanted a chilek. They wanted Yerusha, says the Imre Emes. Because it's not always only important how and what a person asks, but when a person asks. Timing of questions are crucial. If they wanted Yerusha, who was Slavchad? When did he die? So according to Chazal, he was either from the Ma'afilim or the Makoshesh. He was something. It was many, many years ago. So why didn't they complain then? Why didn't they say then they wanted a portion? No. They're about to go. Imkain, Hailam line seven, Lidros, Yerushas, Metaltal, and Shalavim. There's other property that he had. Why wait till year 40 when they're about to go in? Ah. They're about to go in. That's why they ask now. They didn't care so much earlier. We're not so interested in Stam Yerusha. We're interested in Yerusha Sa'aretz. It's all in the timing. That's the raya that they were machabiv the ares because it's not just as the Shemanatov says on the bottom. Right? Questions and comments are not just about how and what, but when. How many times in life there's something important that has to be said, that has to be asked, but you have to know when. You have to know exactly how to phrase it, and when to phrase it. And if you, that was in the Shemana Tov in Chelek Gimel, if you look at the next Chelek, in Chelek Dalid, in source number 9, turning over, he quotes this, and then he says, maybe this is another connection between this section of the Parsha and earlier. Because what does HaKadosh Baruch Hu say? Again, not such a common Lashon. After the Beno Slav had come, and Moshe Rabbeinu asks Hashem, what, is it, what does Hashem say? Vayomer Hashem HaMoshe Leymar, Cain, they are right. How many times does Hashem say that? How many times does Hashem say, give a, give a haskama to someone? Not too often. Besides the avos. He gives a haskama. They're right. right. So says the, does Hashem say that by, by, if you look back in Parshas Bahaloscha, does Hashem say, you know, these people are, are correct? He tells them the halachas, the Pesach Sheni. But here he says, Bros is old Dovros. Says the Shemanatov, you know what Hashem is saying? Because you might have thought that, oh, they were out there for Yerusha. They're out there for, because they're just interested in getting, uh, Yarshin their father. No, no, no. They're Dovros. They are Lashem Shemayim. They are perfect. Don't try to, uh, undermine their, their beliefs. And that's exactly what Hashem did earlier in the Parsha. When Pinchas got up and did what he did, people might have thought, oh, he's a Kanoi. What's he doing? Hashem was made. Hashem was made on him that he was Lashem Shamayim. He did it with perfect intentions. Right, and that's what he says in the second uh in where it's underlined. And then he says in line seventeen also, Another connection between the beginning of the parsha and this section of Binoslav. Okay, two more ideas. Let's move on to another Rashi. Chavzayin Tezayin. Next story, after we have the section of No Slavchad, the last two thoughts will be on this section, is the passing of the torch. Passing of the torch, Moshe Rabbeinu saying to 
Hakadosh Baruch Hu, I have to, I need somebody to pass pass it on to. Says the Torah in Pasuk Tezvav. The Balaturim already points out this is one of the most unique psukim in the entire Torah, maybe in all of Tanakh. Vayedaber Moshe el Hashem leimar. Only time it says that. Vayedaber Moshe el Hashem leimar. Moshe says to Hashem, Yifkod Hashem alokei haruchos l'chal basar. I need somebody to take over for me. I'm getting old. I'm 120 almost. I need somebody to take over. Elokei haruchos l'chal basar. Hashem should appoint somebody to lead Kla Yisrael. But he calls him, he calls Hashem, Elokei Haruchos. Why Elokei Haruchos? What is that teaching me? Says Rashi. Loma Namar, why does Moshe call Hashem Dafka that name here? Amai Lefanav. Ribono Shel Olam. Galui V'yadua Lefanecha. Hashem, you know, Daito Shel Kalechad V'echad. You know the das of every Jew. Ve'en Adom and Zelazed. There are no two Jews that think alike. Everybody, right? What's, what's the joke they say? Two Jews, three opinions. Right? Everybody had their own opinion. Hashem, Maneolahem Manhig, please appoint for them a a, a leader. Sovel Hashem, you know the Ruach, Elokea Ruchos, you know the Ruach of every Jew. You know everybody's different. Appoint a leader who also has that. Appoint a leader. She sovel Appoint a leader who can carry Every Jew according to his das. That's Rashi. Asks, if you look in the Kamosi Shalarov, one of the Achronim, Rafchaim Akoin Rappaport. Ask the Kamosi Rappaport. How is that possible? You have a leader that basically agrees to everybody? It's impossible. You can't have a leader like that. What do you mean? He carries every opinion. That means he believes in every opinion. He agrees to every opinion. What does that mean? It's impossible. He can't be. He can't agree to so, some opinions are not correct. So he explains line eight. No, oh, I'm sorry. Before that, he explains it based on a pasuk in Mishlei. Source line number six. Call derech ish yashar be'inav v'tochen libos Hashem. What does that pasuk mean? Every path is straight in a man's ways, and Hashem knows the insides. What does that pasuk mean? Every one of us, we each have our own derech and avodas Hashem. Right? Different people, different drachim in the world. There's there's a godless abori and shiflas adam, and godless adam and shiflas adam, and simcha and yira, and there's many many different ways of serving Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And everybody chooses what they connect to. But what's the natural reaction when we see someone who does not serve Hashem in the way we do? We look down upon them. Right? Wherever I am is the center. Wherever I am is what's right. Right? However long my Shmon Esrei is, that's the perfect length. Whoever's shorter than me, obviously doesn't say all the words, and whoever's longer than me, oh, what's he taking so long for? Right, I'm perfect. Whoever serves the Kodesh Baruch Hu like me is great, and if not, not. It's possible that my friend has another valid way of serving Hashem. But he chose a different path. He comes in, has a different makeup, different path. Only a Kodesh Baruch Hu has the patience and has the recognition that all of those paths, all of our paths are valid. That's the Pasuk in Mishle. Meaning everybody thinks that their own path is true. But you know what? Hashem knows the inside of hearts. And He knows that everybody is L'Shem Shemayim. And that's what we are, um, that's what we believe that Hashem has that attitude. So says Moshe Rabbeinu, to Hashem, please find someone not to agree with everybody, but someone who understands this idea that there can be someone who serves Hakadosh Baruch Hu differently than us, someone who, who could be down l'kavshus. Then, not but because I do it one way, doesn't mean it's the only right way. That's the Elokei Haruchos. Let them be like you. Let them be somebody who understands this, and that's the Gemara in the end of Tainus. 
that talks about the tzaddikim in the future dancing around HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kaviyacho, all pointing at Hashem and saying, Zashem Kivinulo, and the Bali Musr point out that they're all on the circle, all the great tzaddikim, all the great tzaddikim that serve Hashem differently, they're all on the circle. You need every point on the circle to have an entire circle. And every point on the uh, outside of a circle is equidistant from the center as well. And that's what we yearn for. That's what we yearn for. When all great, all of uh, Sadiqim and all of our, our great uh, leaders have that attitude of self-worth and worth of others as well. Okay, we'll just end off with a thought about our Mesora. So we know here that, we might have mentioned this in past years as well, but it's important to, uh, to review constantly. Moshe Rabbeinu has Hashem. Hashem says, Yehoshua is going to be your man, as we know. The Rambam writes this in a number of places. We'll read it from the Hisakdama to his introduction to Mishnah Torah. The Rambam writes in source number 13, right, not one of the three major Akdamas the Rambam has, right, to Chelek, to Pirkei Avos, and to all of Mishnah, but there's a short little Hakdama that he has to Mishnah Torah where he talks about the Shalshelas HaMesorah. From Moshe Rabbeinu all the way down to Ravina and Ravashi, those who put together the Gemara. But Rav Moshe Soloveitchik was medayek in the Rambam. What was he medayek? When he talks about Torah Shebechzav and Torah Shebalpeh, line 14, Ava Bishalonechtava Torah Shebalpeh, Limda Moshe Rabbeinu Kula Bebeistina L'Shivim Zakenim. Even though the Torah Shebalpeh was not written down, Moshe taught it to the 70 Zakenim. That's the Gemara in Mesechel Erevin that discusses how it was taught four times to each person. And then the Rambam adds, Ve'elazar upinchas v'yoshua shloshton kiblu mimoshe. Elazar, Pinchas, and Yeshua, they all received it from Moshe. Uli Yoshua, Shu Talmid, Hashem Moshe Rabbeinu, Masar Torah Shabalpeh. And to Yoshua, who was his Talmud, he gave Torah Shabalpeh, Vitzibolav, and he commanded him, etc., etc. Ezra Moshe Salvechik, what does the Rambam mean here on line 16 and 17? Moshe gave it to three people, and then the next line says he gave it to one person. What do you mean? I thought he gave it to three people. He says he taught it to everybody. Sivim Zakanim. Okay. But then he says, they got it from Moshe, and to Yehoshua, who was his Talmud, he was Moshe Torah Shvalpeh. What, what is meant by that? Explain Rav Moshe Salvechik. There's not such a concept. And Rav Shechter has this in Mipnini Harav, and Rav Salvechik talks about this a lot in, in a lot of his writings. Rav Shechter has a whole article in Nefesh Harav about this, about Mesorah. The concept of a Baal HaMesorah. There are great leaders that we have in our nation. But then there are certain leaders that what we might call the Baalei HaMesorah, those who really carry the torch to the next generation. And those are few and far between. Every generation, Hashem never leaves without Baalei HaMesorah, v'lo dar yasom. Hashem always gives us Baalei HaMesorah, but they are unique individuals, even in the days of Moshe. Elazar and Pinchas were great. And they received the Mesorah. But who was the Baal HaMesorah? Who was the one that brought towards the next generation? That was Yoshua Benun. That was Yoshua. His special uniqueness. I should have given it to you, but I didn't give it. We mentioned this in other Shiurim. The Gemara in Sukkah. The Gemara in Sukkah tells us that there were 80 Talmidim that Hillel had. 80 special Talmidim that he had. He had 30, 20, 30, 30 and 20. The Gemara says, Shmonim Talmidim Shloshimahem, 30 were... They were roy to get Shechina like Moshe Rabbeinu. And 30 of them were roy to get Shechina like Yeshua Benun. And then you have the 20 Benonim. Who is the greatest? And the, were, is the Benoni in between the other other ones or on the bottom? Oh, whatever. Either way. Answer Benonim. Godol Shevakulon, the greatest of these 20. Yonas and Benuziel. Katan Shevakulon, the smallest of these 20. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. And then the Gemara says, all, all about Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Who is the smallest? There was nothing he didn't know. Mikra Mishnah Gemara Halacha Agada Dikduke Kara Dikduke Sofrim Kalan Chamurim Zeir Shavas Tkufos Sichos Malachay Ashari Sichos Shedim He knew everything. Rabbi Yochanan Mezakai Asher of Gifter. If Rabbi Yochanan Mezakai knew everything, he was the smallest. So everybody else knew more. So what does it mean that he was the smallest? And Asher of Gifter. So how did he become the Gadol Hador? Who was the Gadol Hador? Who was the one? that made takanis for all the nation, who was the God Ladar? Rabbi Yochanan Mezake was the God Ladar, the smallest. How was he the smallest? And yet he was the God Ladar. The answer is, to be the Baal HaMesora, it does not mean that you have to know, be the tr- biggest Chacham. It doesn't mean that. Right, if you look at Mimpini Arav, 
right? It could be that Elazar or Pinchas was more memulach, was, a, was sharper than Yehoshua. But Yehoshua was the one to carry the torch. Yeshua was the one that had the ability of transmission, had the ability to take what he received and give it over. And that's a separate skill. That's not just a skill of knowledge. That's a skill of ability to giving it over. Many people could have tremendous knowledge, but you have to be able to give it over. There has to be a certain level of knowledge in order to know what to give. As the Gemara says, Rebbe Yechem had plenty of it. But that was the guy who was Rebbe Yechem He was the Baal HaMesorah. And the Ramam even writes... We'll end with this. The Ramah even says in Ilchas Shuvah, where he's de- he defines all different types of halacha categories of people who don't have olam haba. He t- a min, an apikaris, a kofer, a this, a that, a mishumad. So when he describes what is a kofer batorah, he says someone who is kofer and says Hashem did not write even one letter of the Torah. Yes, but he also has on the list if you're kofer in the explanation or the explainers. In the Rabbanim, in the Baal Hamasorah. The Chena Kofer be Pirusha, Vihi Torah Uhichish Magideha, Kegon Sadok Ubaitus. Right? That is rejection of this principle of Baal Hamasorah. That is something uh, that, is, that is heretical in the view of the Rambam. But that's what we have here in our Parsha. We have the transfer, or the leading up to the transfer to the next Baal Hamasorah, Moshe giving over the reins to Yoshua ben Nun. And we'll have the next couple, obviously, months until we get to the end of the Torah, which is all, it's all a six, it's all within six weeks from the beginning of Bamidbar all the way to the end of the Torah, right? From Shvat till, till, uh, till Adar. But that is, uh, Yeshua ben Nun has been given the reins to be the next Baal HaMesorah. Okay, we'll stop here. And by the we will continue.